to another episode of Small Business MBA. My name is Yasmin Ali and today's topic will probably make many of you very uncomfortable. But the simple fact of the matter is that we cannot grow in our comfort zones. So I'm okay with uncomfortable. We're going to talk about disclosing financial information, specifically your budget, and the tracking of your budget to your employees. Now, I know that many entrepreneurs would not even think of this as a possibility. In the end, it's none of your employees' business, right? I'm not sure I completely agree with that statement. And interestingly enough, once this topic was brought up as a possibility, I started hearing so many stories, both positive and negative. Given the different sources of these conversations, entrepreneurs, consultants, business leaders, and even politicians, it clearly is topical. So it seems like a good idea to look at this objectively. Financial disclosure, or line of sight, is the practice of giving your employees, as well as other stakeholders, access to financial information that is key to them. The most common is, of course, sharing information on a project level. So everyone involved in a particular project would know exactly what their parameters are. Often this also happens at departmental levels. In other words, everyone within a team would know exactly what the numbers for that team are. The most common departmental financial information sharing is probably with the sales team, where commission-based earning is normal. And because of that, the salesperson also knows pretty much what the parameters are. However, generally, this information is not shared between departments. While the sales team may understand what a million rand sales means for the sales perspective, they have no real understanding what it means to the rest of the company. And this is where silos get created. Sales budget says sell no matter what. Production's budget says you cannot afford more people, so those producing become resentful and may even act out in terms of delivery targets. Finance sees the penalties of not delivering on time, but are not at liberty to discuss this. And in the end, training and delivery gets cut because it's seen as a non-essential cost. And of course, sales finds it more difficult to sell because news of non-delivery spreads like wildfire. Everyone's blaming everyone else because when looking at only their little piece of the puzzle, there's no understanding of how it all fits together. And when it comes to bonus time, whether or not you have a transparent, measurable system in place or not, there are always accusations of favoritism. The perennial, it's because you like him. But let's look at what the core issue is in this scenario. It's a very common problem of everyone pulling in different directions, looking to achieve something positive for the company, but without understanding the impact on the rest of the company. With a cross-functional understanding comes cross-functional work teams and a cross-functional sharing of financial information. In some circles, this is called participative management. And basically, the idea is that every level of the organization should be aware of what's happening in the company and have the ability to influence their decisions made in the company. If you think about it, there are many issues that your employees encounter at the cold face that you simply are not privy to. And more importantly, there are often solutions that are created at the cold face that you, as an entrepreneur, would never have considered because it's not part of your direct line of sight. But there is a big caution that must be taken into account when it comes to participative management.
and any form of information and responsibility sharing. When there is responsibility sharing, there must be sharing of the spoils as well. In other words, you cannot have a situation where your workers are participating in the positive growth of the company, but do not get to enjoy the rewards of that growth. Some companies have had great success with employee ownership schemes, or what's commonly referred to as ESOPs. Others have done well with simple profit sharing programs. But for these to be effective, you cannot restrict the view of the financials from employees. So again, we come back to line of sight of the financials being essential. It starts with a budget. We've discussed the budget previously, and if you recall, the budget is simply a plan of how we will obtain our targets from a financial perspective. Clearly, everyone should have input into the areas of the budget that affect them. This may be more complicated than it sounds because often single line items affect multiple departments. So already at this level, cross-departmental teams become beneficial. Of course, the other benefit to these cross-departmental budget-creating teams is that everybody feels included and has a sense of ownership of the company as a whole, as well as their specific departments. A lot of people are shaking their heads saying that this is impossible. So after the break, I hope to prove you wrong. I'll be talking to Nikki Fulyun from Fulyun Consulting about how this has worked in an extremely tough environment. Welcome back to Small Biz MBA. I'm joined by Nikki Fulyun from Fulyun Consulting. Nikki, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Okay, so the big question. Why would it be beneficial for entrepreneurs to open their budgets to their employees? I'm so glad you asked. It's a subject that's very, very dear to my heart and one that I have actively been involved with with one of my clients. What happened was uh, it's, we took away the 13th check. Ah. And we introduced profit sharing. Not okay. turnover sharing, profit sharing. So net profit sharing? Yeah, uh, gross profit sharing. Okay. okay. Gross profit. So what that entailed is not only giving your staff access to what your sales forecasts and those kind of budgets mm -hmm. are, mm -hmm. or the budgets pertaining specifically to marketing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. What we did was we opened up all the expenses as well. Okay. That's a huge undertaking, but if it's done correctly, it has huge rewards. Okay. Because what it does is it makes the staff understand what it costs to run the business. Mm. And that mm -hmm. has implications further on down the line. So when it comes increased time, they can see what the expenses are, where that money is being spent, yeah. and they don't go into, okay, we're going to go on strike because we want a 20% increase. Yep. It doesn't happen like that at all. It also allows people to police themselves okay. and each other. Because remember, if you're stealing from the company, mm. you're affecting everybody's pocket. Yeah. So what we introduced was that each we broke it down mm -hmm. to each department. Okay. So if there's, for example, a thousand square meters and each square meter is at a cost of 100 rand, 100 whatever it is, 
the size of your department, the physical size of your mm. department, then uh, attracts a certain cost yeah. pertaining to the square meterage and the same with water and utilities and that kind and of thing. And the amount right of coffee that we're drinking. down to coffee and tea <laughs> and everything else. We then said to the, the department heads, okay, these are what the basic costs are just to open the doors every day. Yeah. And each department was allocated a cost yeah. center or an expense center. Some of them were both. Mm -hmm. So that way you could see exactly who's bringing in the money and where the money is being spent. We then did an exercise where we took the last three years expenses for okay. things like salaries, for uh, stationery, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Telephone usage. Your petrol costs. All of that yeah. kind of stuff. And we got an average and okay. we said to the department heads, okay, that is the average. You know what you need in order to make mm -hmm. your department function mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. If the sales increase by 20% or whatever it was, which the is what the yeah. forecast was, then what are you going to need in order to meet that requirement? And they budgeted like that. And I, I just want to jump in there for a second because I think that that's such an important thing for entrepreneurs because a lot of the time what they do is they budget um, and, and we always predict this great increase in sales, but there's never any thinking around what does that mean in the actual running of the business? What does that mean in terms of our, our, our electricity costs? What does that mean in terms of, you know, the hours that we're, that we're spending in this, in this building and how much more is it going to cost us to actually fulfill on those sales? Well, hence my, my comment earlier yeah. that if it's done correctly, yeah. then it works. <laughs> if it's not done correctly, you can find yourself in a world of pain, please believe me. We then, uh, after doing that, we went, well, certainly the, the department heads called all their staff in and they made it an inclusive thing. Okay. So we explained to them about this is what shrinkage is. This is the, the acceptable norm for shrinkage in a retail environment. So, for example, retail, it's 0.05% yes. to turnover. At that point, the shrinkage was sitting at 2 and 3%, which is which crazy. And, and, and to put it in context, I mean, you need to have something to measure by, hence knowing that it should be 0.05%, because otherwise when you think 2%, yeah, it doesn't sound like that much. But well. it's, it's actually, you know, easily or getting close to eight times what it should be. Well, not only that, if you put it into context, mm. 200,000 rand turnover... 2% or 2 million rand yeah, turnover, absolutely. 2%. Absolutely. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And it's certainly for them because that's what we, we translated it into. It wasn't just percentage. Mm. We showed them what the turnover was the previous year, what the shrinkage was, and we showed them what that was in rand the and rand cents. The rand value, yeah. So it, didn't, it wasn't just a percentage. Mm. It became a number that mm. they were truly shocked at. Okay. So that was what we did in terms of including everybody, right from the tea ladies right the way up to the department heads. They all had a say mm -hmm. in what was happening. Then in the stores, we took it one step further. And in certain of the departments, 
as well. We said, okay, for example, in the store, you budget 1,500 Rand for telephone. Okay. Making sure that you use the telephone responsibly and you do whatever it is that you do. Yeah. If you don't use that 1,500 Rand, the balance after three months becomes an additional bonus that then gets split between the people in oh, the store. Okay, so cost saving becomes an incentive for Correct. everyone. Correct. So the first year that we implemented that, uh, and then what they did, what we did also was in December, if it looked like we were on track in terms of expenses to, to budget and sales to forecast, mm -hmm. we gave a 25% of the bonus. Okay. Of what the, the normal annual bonus would have yeah. been. Thereafter, in March, which was the year end, we, after the auditors had signed off, mm -hmm. we made those figures available to the staff and they got incentive bonuses based on the profits. So what I hear you talking about is something that I'm actually very passionate about, which is true participative management and, and involving every level of employee in not just understanding their role within the business, but understanding the greater business as a whole and seeing the importance that their little cog makes to the, the greater good, so to speak. It was unbelievable. We saw people... We had to break up fights in the warehouse because somebody saw somebody else stealing. <laughs> and it's, you are stealing money from the food off the table for my children. Yes. Because that's how it got broken down to. So it got people passionate about what they were doing. We were able to get rid of people, actually they got rid of themselves, but people who were only there just to work nine to five because it's a job, not because they were passionate about what they were doing or they were interested in what they were doing. And the whole company turned around. Uh, the, the attitude, mm. the people took accountability and responsibility for what they did. And they also held their co-workers accountable and responsible. Nikki? And that first year, yeah. we took home an 18th check. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's incredible. That's how it turned it around. Okay, that is an incredible story. And I think that it's important for our small business owners to hear that, you know, even within a big environment, you know, these are lessons that were implemented there and worked. So within a smaller environment that is more controlled, why wouldn't it work for you as well? Again, you've got to set it up right yep. and you've got to have the controls. You, that was a, a, an, a company that had around 1,200 employees. Mm. There were 180 stores nationwide. It was a booming company. Yeah. When you start out, you get one or two employees. If you include them responsibly yeah. in the beginning, you're not going to hire somebody who sits at reception and who takes the call and give them access to your bank account. This is not what it's about. It's not that kind of inclusion. It's, a, it's the kind of inclusion that says, this is what there is. There's no more. This is what there is. We have to make it work, and we have to work together in order to make it work. Nikki, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I think that a lot of our small businesses out there can take a lot of lessons from the story that you've just told us. So thank you very much for sharing that with us. You're welcome. After the break, 
we go into some top tips for managing your cash flow and how to budget to manage that cash. Join us for that. Welcome back to Small Biz MBA. So today we've been talking financial line of sight. And the one thing that I want to talk about is the importance of bringing your employees on board with this plan. Now, as much as it might help your growth, the other thing that it does is it creates accountability across the company. Think about it. There are probably more employees than there are directors, right? So wouldn't it be great if every employee was holding every other employee accountable for the goings on in the company? Now, the way that this happens is that a lot of the time, the participative management program is linked to your bonuses. Interesting thing that happens. As soon as somebody sees somebody else acting inappropriately, for example, stealing stock, they don't any longer see it as you're stealing the company's stock. They see it as you're stealing my 13th check. And when they see it as you're stealing my 13th check, they're going to do something to prevent it. The other thing that tends to happen is that a lot of employees find themselves feeling more responsible. So even if it's not linked to that 13th check, it's that sense of ownership of the company. It's that sense of ownership of, this isn't something that we do around here. This isn't something that's okay for me, so it shouldn't be something that's okay for you to do either. And when we have that sort of thinking happening within the company, we have such a strong organizational culture. And I believe very firmly that there is nothing more important than a strong organizational culture. As much as I keep saying that the entrepreneur is responsible for creating the culture within the business, your employees will either make it or break it. So this is a way for the right sort of culture to permeate throughout your business. And this is the way that your employees will help each other develop that culture. And in the end, your clients will see it, your suppliers will see it, every stakeholder within the business will see it. And believe it or not, that's bankable. So on to the last point, the bankability of it. The more employees are involved in the growth of the business and the more employees are accountable for every aspect of the business, the quicker your business is going to grow. In the end, doing this and having the courage to go forth and have the conversations and having the courage to hold yourself as accountable as you do your employees is going to grow your business a lot quicker, even exponentially, in terms of your bottom line. It doesn't just help with expenses, it helps with your profit as well, because I promise you, your employees are going to spread the gospel of how great your business is. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Small Biz MBA, and I'll see you next week for another episode.